Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. I have a good word for you today, and it's from Mark chapter 4. In fact, if you go ahead and turn there in Mark chapter 4, it's called, We're Gonna Get There. And let me tell you, wherever you are in life right now, wherever we are in uh, this season as a country, as a church, I promise you're going to get there. God promises that we're going to get there because the Lord has a place and a destination for us. You know, we live right now in unprecedented times. In other words, these aren't something, this isn't something that cycles every year or two years or, or such. I've had a uh, one of my kids was asking me the other day, they said, do you remember school ever being canceled like this? I said, I don't. Do you ever remember sports uh, games and sports whole franchises being canceled? I don't, or concerts. I mean, the whole nation feels like it's shut down. And these are just unprecedented times. Nobody really knows what it is. These are things that you read about. You know, uh, a pandemic disease that's global. I mean, you think, not to us. I mean, we're far too far advanced. Or something like that. Hearing things about quarantine and shelter in and you can't go outside of your house and you think, are you kidding? Not in our society, but just within a matter of days and weeks, bam, it's happened to us. And so what it's really done is it's, it's put a lot of fear and uncertainty and unsettledness in a lot of people. And can I tell you, God's word addresses everything that we see. There's nothing that can happen to us as a people or a society that we can't look in the word of God and find solutions. And I'm going to show you something right out of here today. I believe the Lord is speaking right to us as we read. But if you look in Mark chapter four, we're reading out of the new King James version. And it's the story about Jesus going across the store, uh, the storm. And we know the, this is the, the uh, passage where he said, peace be still and such, but this is what we're reading about today. So let's read out loud and together. Mark chapter four and verse 35, it says this, And on the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, the sterns in the back of the boat. So Jesus was back there and what was he doing? He was asleep on a pillow. He wasn't planning on getting up. It says, and they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? And then he arose, he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? You know, uh, the synoptic gospels are the, the gospels that read together within Matthew, Mark, and Luke there. And uh, Luke, in this passage, Luke chapter 8, it says, where is your faith? Jesus said. He said to him, where is your faith? And, you know, sometimes I know he asks us that. Where is your faith? And it says, and they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea would obey him? We go on and we read the first verse of the next chapter because the Bible wasn't written in chapter and verse. Man put it that way so it'd be easy to find uh, passages. But it says here, Then they came to the other side of the sea so that uh, to the country of the Gadarenes. 
So they got to the other side, but in between Jesus' words and the other side, there was a lot of stuff that went on. And that's what I want to bring out a few points to you uh, today on this. Lord, we pray that as we open your word in this passage, that you would show us what you're saying to us currently present right now in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, God's word applies to us, as I said today in this situation. We're in this global pandemic war and people are in fear. But just like in Mark chapter 4, there's wind, there's waves, there's the boat, and then there's you and me in the boat. And you know, this pandemic, people say, ah, that doesn't affect me. Well, it, it, the, the results of it and the effects of it end up affecting us if for no other reason we're locked in our house, so to speak, or we're asked not to go outside unless it's some medical or food or something, you know, so all of us are affected in some type of way, you know, but when, let me point something out, when the Bible says that there was a great storm in this passage, it uses the Greek word megas, like mega storm, but then when he says there was a mega, uh, there was a great calm, he says there was a mega calm. And let me tell you that God wants to take our mega storms and make them mega uh, calms in our lives. So that's just one thing that I wanted to say. That was, that was aside from my three points. I'm going to give you three points on how to get to the other side. How to get to the other side. This is the other side of something that God's spoken to you and God's speaking to us as a church. God's speaking to you in something in your life. Number one is this. Hold on to what God said to you. It's ultra important that you hold on to what God said to you. Remember, this story starts with Jesus saying, let's go over to the other side. So we know that it was God's will. Why? Because Jesus spoke it. Now, he spoke it and he, he spoke it. He jumped into the boat. He went into the back of the boat and he laid down and he went to sleep and the storms hit uh, and all that, hap and all that happened. Uh, and Jesus never doubted his word. He didn't look at it and say, well, the storm said maybe it wasn't God's will or maybe I shouldn't have done this. You know, oftentimes when the Lord speaks to you, you may go right into a storm and that doesn't mean you didn't hear God. It's important to hear and catch the voice of the Lord. In fact, in John chapter 10, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So it's ultra important in our lives that we know, hear the voice of the Lord and the will of God for our lives, that we're not led by weather conditions. Because I know that a lot of times people will even teach you this. Well, you just have to be led by open and closed doors. You have to be led by how, the, how things are going. If things are going good, I guess it's God. If things are going, well, in that day, it wasn't that way. He said, let's go to the other side. And it was the will of God. And then they hit a storm and he didn't say, well, I guess I missed it. No, he said, let's go through the storm, right? In fact, he went to sleep on it. And uh, so we have to know that it is the will of God. I remember 18 years ago in, it was actually in, in 2000, uh, uh, it was actually in 1999, Tiffany and I were just about to get married. I had worked at a church for over 10 years on staff and uh, the Lord, right before we were going to get married, the Lord started stirring my heart like I was going to do some type, have some type of transition. As we knelt down and we were praying together, 
uh, the Lord put that in both of our hearts that there was going to be some type of transition. So I went into my pastor. I loved my church, loved my pastor. And I told him, I think there's going to be some type of transition that's going to go, uh, going to happen. He said, what is it? I don't know what it is, but we, I stepped down. Okay. From my position and I prayed about what the next step was. I needed to hear the Lord cause I was just about to get married and I didn't want to jack up our lives. Okay. I wanted to, I wanted to do the right thing. So the only thing I heard inside of my heart was go help Jerry. Well, Jerry's my brother and uh, I knew it was him and he was traveling around the nation with Kimberly and his family. They were the national uh, youth directors and uh, they were going to camps and all that stuff. And I thought, I don't even see Jerry. And so next time he came back in town, maybe it was a month later, maybe three weeks later, uh, we sat down with him. I still remember it was at Starbucks in West Covina. And we sat down and I said, hey, Tiffany and I have something to share with you. We stepped down from our position at church. And he's like, is everything okay? Yeah, everything's great. But we felt like the Lord said to help you. And, but we don't know what that means. I don't really feel called a youth necessarily. And I know that's what you're doing. He looked at Kimberly and said, I didn't really tell anybody this, but uh, the Lord just spoke to our hearts and said, go plant a church. We had no idea at all. All we knew was that we were supposed to help them. Can I tell you that we went 18 years focusing on helping them, backing them, getting behind them, helping to start the church, which is called The Rock in Anaheim, California. It's still our church family from a distance, though this is our church family here now. But I'll tell you, there, there have been storms. There have been up times and down times. I've had people come and tell me in ministry from the outside say, how did you stay with a church for 18 years? And I say, it was the word of the Lord. I got a word from the Lord and I don't care if there's storms, everybody's going to hit a storm. If you hit storms, wind, waves, whatever the case may be, if you don't have the word of the Lord, you won't be able to weather the storm and go through it. I remember just uh, two and a half years ago, maybe about three, three years ago now, Tiffany and I were praying and we were at the rock and we were planning on, you know, what's next there. And we just weren't getting stirred, but we weren't having any vision. There wasn't something. And we knew that the Lord was transitioning us again. And I thought, oh, really? And as we prayed about it, we got a map of the United States. You may have heard the story. And we, we heard that we we're supposed to go to Memphis, Tennessee. We didn't know anything about Memphis, nothing, you know, nothing with it. But we knew uh, that there was something in our hearts stirring about it. I remember getting up by myself one morning really early at five something in the morning. And I was walking around my house with my hands lifted up. And I said, God, I know that I can do anything if I can get a word from you. But if you don't speak to me, I don't want to move. I mean, I do not want to move from here in what, what we're doing. And the Lord spoke very clearly, said, I am calling you to Memphis and I want you to go open up a tabernacle. I thought, tabernacle, what are you talking about? Like in the Old Testament, you know? And I looked and a tabernacle is a place where God and people meet. All that to say, after I got the word of the Lord, since that time over the last two and a half years, there's been a lot of storms. There's been a lot of trials. There's been a lot of things. My boat's been filling up at times. But I can tell you, going back to the word of the Lord, I've never doubted that. Why? Because getting a word from God is important. Despite weather conditions, let me tell you, if you get a word from the Lord, you're going to be okay. So number one, hold on to what God said. Number two, confront your fears and your faith. Out of this passage, we see that Jesus looked and he said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Or where's your faith? Notice he didn't only confront the fear, but he also confronted their faith. And I think that's the thing that Jesus asks us. Jesus spoke, to, spoke the word 
uh, then uh, came into the boat. Oh, oh, Jesus spoke the word and then he went and climbed in the boat and got into the, the stern of the boat, the back of the boat, and he went to sleep. Do you ever feel like Jesus gave you a word? And once he gives you a word, he jumps in the boat with you and you feel like he's in the back sleeping. And you're like, Lord, do you know what's going on? I mean, all hell's breaking loose. There's things that are happening. There's a storm. There's all this stuff. And where are you? And you look back and Jesus, he's asleep, right? You kind of feel that way sometimes. So we can relate to the disciples. Can I tell you, Jesus is not stressed whether you're going to get to the other side or not. So what happens? Jesus wakes up and he confronted the, the, the storms, the wind and the waves but he immediately went back to his disciples and he talked about two things. He says, why are you fearful and where's your faith? Talked about your fears and your faith. You have to confront your fears and confront your faith in this. Your fears, what are you fearful of? There's times in my life where I'll be in prayer. I get up early in the morning and I'll pray and open up my heart to the Lord. And sometimes the Lord will just ask me that. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? What are you worried about? And I'll say to the Lord, I'll stop and think and I'll voice it to the Lord. Sometimes I'll write it down and the Lord will remind me, haven't I take care, taken care of you every step of the way? Haven't I met all of your needs? Haven't I healed you and helped you and answered your prayers and the desires of your hearts? Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? But it's a good question for us to ask and to answer. Sometimes... Asking that question about your fears will actually show us where your faith is. When we ask the question of why are you afraid, it kind of shows us where our faith is. Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, he said uh, the ruler of the synagogue was kind of in line for healing. And a guy comes up and he said, hey, I just wanted to tell you, no, no need to stand in line anymore. Your daughter who you're praying for, she's dead. Jesus looked at him and he said two things. He said, do not be afraid, only believe. What was he doing? He was talking about his fears and his faith. He said, don't look at this, only listen to what I'm telling you to do. Can I tell you, in order to get through this storm, you have to confront your fear and you have to confront your faith. Your faith, where is it? Where is your faith? How is it that you have no faith? I remember... Uh, Tiffany and I, we have three boys and they're all teenagers and, but Tiffany's always wanted a girl. I mean, from the time that we were, you know, we first got married, she's always told us I want a girl and Tiffany's not like a manly girl. Okay. Manly woman. She, she like, she's a real, like she, she likes, you know, pink and, and she likes to put on makeup and dress up and have outfits and all this kind of stuff. She's, she's a girl. Uh, and, and she's always been like, I wish I had. In fact, we, as much as we love our boys, there was a little disappointment with each one of their bir births because she'd look and she'd say, it's a boy. Oh, great. You know, but I could always tell. And I remember we got a few years uh, into, and we had our last one and, and, uh, and, and I was up praying one day and I'm telling you, I just had this stirring in my heart and we talked about it and I said, do you want a girl? And she said, you couldn't have a girl. You just can't produce a girl, you know? And I said, yeah, I know. I said, but I promise you we'll have a girl if we can. And I thought, what am I to promise? I can't, I'm not God. I can't promise that. But I went to God. I said, God, back me up here, please give me a girl. And I'm telling you, we went for it. We went, we, we were really afraid that we, no, there's nothing to be afraid about, but, but we were really afraid that here we go again, you know, and we're not going to, and we, we went for it. And I'm telling you, we went and found out and we had this baby girl, Zoe, who we celebrate, who we love. But I'll tell you, 
oftentimes I look at her in the face and she'll go, Daddy, and she just melts my heart. But I don't only look at her, I look at the promise of God that he loves us enough to give us the desires of our, of our hearts. And let me tell you, you may be afraid. It may be a baby. It may be about not being able to get pregnant. It may be not being able to get married. It may be not being able to step out into a business. It may be not being able to step out and really believe that God's going to come through. You have to confront your faith and confront your fears if you want to get to the other side. So number one, hold on to the word of the Lord. Number two, confront your fears and your faith. And number three is this. You have to address the wind and the waves in the spirit. Why? Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness. Uh, there's two things. We have to confront them in the spirit. Sometimes that's through prayer, and other times that's through declaration. Other times it's through just speaking directly uh, to the situation. Sometimes we don't address obstacles because we're not sure if the obstacles are the will of God or not. In fact, I've heard so many people that have gotten into a situation, they thought they heard a word from the Lord and they had obstacles and they just went, well, I guess that's not the Lord, so they back up. Can I tell you, that's not always the case. If the Lord wants you to uh, really meant for that to happen and he really spoke to your heart, you may hit obstacles, but sometimes you got to speak to those obstacles. That's why Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, he said, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, not to God. God, I just pray you'd move the mountain. He didn't say that. He said, you say to the mountain, whoever says to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that the things he says will come to pass. He will have whatever he says. So it's important for us to say and speak out the will of God and the word of God. What if there's a mountain in the way? Tell it to move. Tell it to move. Just like Jesus said to the storm, said to the winds, peace, said to the storm, be still. Just like he created heavens and earth, he said, light be. He spoke to it. He spoke to it. And it's important for us to speak to it. Now, there seemed to be something that when Jesus, even though he rebuked the storm and the winds and those things, he immediately looked at his disciples and he's like, where's your faith? Where's, what, what about your fear? Right. He expected something of them. I know that sometimes we'll read this passage and we say, what does this mean? It means that we just need to pray that Jesus do something about it. If that's what the point was, then why did Jesus look back at them and say, why didn't you do it? Why'd you wake me up? It's not that Jesus won't do it, but he's given us authority in his name to be able to speak to the mountains, speak to the storms spiritually and see them. We see the example of Joseph in the book of Genesis. We just sang about it a little while ago. But in the book of Genesis, the Bible says that Joseph had a dream and he had the great idea of telling his brother about his great dream of how his brothers were going to bow to him. What a great dream and how his brothers would just receive that, right? No, it didn't happen. Their response was, <laughs> let's kill him right? We're not going to bow to you. We're going to kill you. So they took him, they took that coat, that beautiful coat, and they threw him into a ditch. They ended up selling him into slavery, right? And he ended up uh, uh, going and being sold off to the Egyptians. And it seemed like, what a horrible thing. God had a plan for this guy's life and his brothers destroyed it. No, 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 no. We see that he ended up going into jail. He ended up coming to be the second person in command in all of Egypt, really saving Egypt, from, uh, from financial and food disaster and those kinds of things. But he says this scripture in Genesis chapter 50, 
verse 20. And this is what we sang about today. It says, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people. Listen, what he's saying was, my brothers, you meant to do me wrong. You meant to do me dirty. You meant to put me under. But God is going to take that and he's going to make it look beautiful. He's going he's to turn that test into a testimony. And that's really what God does. Uh, Joseph told his brothers using this Hebrew verb that traces its meaning back to to weave or to plate. What he's saying was, you brothers, you wove evil uh, but God rewove things together to make them good. Max Lucado made a comment about that. And he said, God, the master weaver stretches the yarn and intertwines the colors, the ragged twine with velvet strings, the pains with the pleasures. Nothing escapes his reach. What does that mean? It means that what the enemy meant for evil, what even people that, th that are against you mean for evil, God will take those things and turn them around. He'll turn that test around for a test, as a testimony if you don't quit, if you don't give up, if you don't retreat, if you don't think it's God the one who's against you. Listen, hold on to the word of the Lord, confront your fears and your faith, right? And then you need to also confront those opposition and those things, the wind and the waves and the things that's coming against you in your life. Jesus, when he woke up, what he didn't do was say, well, the disciples should have taken care of it. No, Jesus woke up. He didn't go right back to sleep. He took care of the wind and the waves, but then he went right back after the disciples and said, I just want to let you know, guys, you should be able to do this. You should be able to speak to these things, this, this storms and these things. And why, where is your faith? right? Where is your faith? We should be able to as well. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39. I love the scripture. It says, we are not of those who draw back to destruction, or we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but we're those who believe. And listen, that's the spirit of who we are as believers. That's the spirit of who Memphis Tabernacle is. That's the spirit of who we are as brothers and sisters. That's why we run together is because we're not those who retreat and draw back when there's problems. Listen, when there's a storm ahead, if God said to move ahead, we're going to the other side. We're going to get there. You're going to get there. If you just don't give up, if you just, uh, number one, hold on to the word of the Lord. Number two, make sure to confront your fears and your faith. And number three, make sure that you deal with the storms or those things. You deal with them, bring them to prayer, bring them to God. Now, um, let me close with this. In... I remember something that I was uh, really confronting, and I told you the story about moving here to Memphis. I remember being in California. I'll tell you what I was afraid of. I was afraid to leave California because California was my comfort zone. It was, you know, with people. My family was all there. I grew up there. I knew all the neighborhoods. I knew people. I had a, 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 a church uh, that family that was there. I had job security, so to speak. I, I was a part of something that was growing and going and moving. I had contacts. I knew people uh, and I was afraid to leave California. I know some of you might say, I'm afraid to go to California, but listen, that's just where I was coming from. And I thought, how in the world am I going to go to a brand new place? I don't know anybody. I don't, I don't, I, what if I go there and just fail? But I'll tell you what I had. I had the word of the Lord. And there's been many times that that's come up and I've had to lean on that. 
But so many times over the last two and a half years, and Tiffany and I have said it over and over that God's been faithful. It happens multiple times a week sometimes that someone will come and will share something with me and will say, uh, they happen to be the solution of something that God was just speaking. You know, he's saying, I want you to step out into this. Well, I don't know anybody. I don't know. And then I meet someone and that happens to be the person that I would want to meet over and over and over and over again. It's not a coincidence. And I'll tell you, my heart softens because I know that it's not coincidence. I know that it's the word of the Lord coming to pass in your life. Now I can truly look and say, these are my brothers and sisters. This is my home. This is where we live. This is our, our place. Now it would be hard to leave here. Why? Because God makes it that way in your life. That was my thing. And, and let me just say about you, whatever it is that God's calling you to, wherever you are, hold on to the word of the Lord. If you have fears, confront them. If you don't have faith, confront it. And if you have a mountain that's standing in front of you, make sure that you're speaking to that, calling out to God and watching God do something about it. I want you to do this right now. And let's not leave here. We're just about done. Would you do this? Would you open your hearts to the Lord individually? And would you say this, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What's the word of the Lord to me? What's the word that you spoke to my heart? Your sheep hear your voice and I open my heart to hear your voice today. You might want to say, what is it that I'm afraid of? Is it failure? Is it that I'm going to step out there and everything worked to this point, but I'm going to fall off the cliff. What is it? Where is my faith? Is my faith in myself, in my security, in my job? What if I lose? Where is my faith, Lord? And then what are my obstacles? What do I need to confront in my life? Do I need to speak to a mountain? Do I need to speak to something that's holding me back? And if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life right now, it's the most important decision that any of us could ever make in our lives. Would you do this? Just open your heart to him. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. I repent of my sins. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. From this day forward, I call myself a believer. I'll serve you for the rest of my life by the help of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. <clears throat> And as a church, let me tell you, we're going to the other side. This whole thing with coronavirus and stuff is not going to stop us. As I said before, we're going to come out better because of it. Obstacles always do uh, bring you up. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I think that's a worship song, isn't it? No, I don't think it is. But I'll tell you, as a church, we're going to get to the other side. We're going to get to the other side with prayer, with outreach, with community, we're going to come in closer, and I think God's going to use us to do a beautiful work. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today, and if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.